You might remember last summer, so this is June of 22, uh, Toronto police stepped up and said, we can confirm systemic racism against black communities. This was done in June of 2022. There was an apology by the then interim police chief, James Raymer, for disproportionately targeting racialized people. I said it's embarrassing, says we have to follow up with a real plan of action. Okay, but months prior, in August of 2021, that's pretty hard to imagine that it didn't cross his desk. Three police officers uh, assaulted a young man who's 27, a young black man in the city, and he's alleging he was tasered, handcuffed, and thrown to the ground. Our next guest represents that U of T student. Our next guest has seen the police body cam footage involved in that alleged assault, and he joins us right now. He is David Shelnut. Shelnut. David, thank you very much for making the time to do this. Good morning, Greg. Thanks for having me. When did you, what was the month year you first got uh, knowledge of this particular alleged assault? Well, the family was obviously quite distressed in the immediate aftermath of the assault in August 2021. And within a few short days of the incident was in, in touch with our office. Uh, and we were chasing after video and all that uh, stuff that's necessary to, to sort of substantiate these claims. It takes a long time to see the video, doesn't it? For you, it does. It does. The uh, OI Office of the Independent Police Review Directorate complaint has to be submitted. It was found that many of the complaints, specifically unnecessary force, was substantiated, and then we we got uh, access to the video uh, of, of sort of why they came to that conclusion, and the video mirrors uh, what my client uh, has said happened. Beyond the obvious, when you first met with Hassani Ogilvy and his family, um, how angry were they? How traumatized were they? How just just inconsolable were they? In uh, He was obviously accused of doing something that he didn't do, as in he was accused of being somebody he wasn't. That's one thing, but the physical violence associated with the alleged assault is another thing entirely. C- certainly. Uh, you know, he was on his way to school. Uh, like he did most days. So um, not being believed that you are who you say you are and then having a a knee placed on your neck as you're tasered uh, really set the family uh, back. Um, I I would say anger maybe wasn't the initial um, feeling, uh, fear uh, and and disappointment. Asani's mom is a a teacher uh, and, and has been for over a decade uh, upstanding citizen uh, who couldn't believe this had happened to her young son. For those who haven't read um, the story, and uh, and so I don't take too much of your time away by providing more and more background, um, what is what is the lawsuit asking for? The lawsuit is asking for compensation to cover the huge cost that incidents of police violence and anti-blackness are associated with. Uh, that's cost in terms of therapies for both mom and uh, Mr. Ogilvie, um, time lost from school. Uh, it was a year and a half before um, Mr. Ogilvie was able to return to his studies. These all have huge impacts uh, on, um, on on someone's career uh, and, and their ability to contribute to our society. Uh, as well, uh, We there are OHIP costs uh, that are covered, uh, that have to be covered as well for uh, for this kind of thing. David Shelnut's our guest. He is the lawyer of a U of T student who alleges he was tasered, handcuffed, thrown to the ground in a case of mistaken identity. This alleged incident happened in August of 2021. 
And that brings up for me, when I first heard about the case described on the radio, when I read the story, when I spoke to you, the disciplinary actions against these three officers, one male, two females, won't happen till 2024. I, I can't think of any other industry, any other accusation, any other crime that could potentially be committed, uh, even of a even of a nonviolent nature, David, where it would take two and a half years for uh, if, if I was alleged to have accused it for me to get my ducks in a row and defend myself and have sort of sort of time drift away. Two and a half years is forever to get this process organized. The people of Toronto should be very concerned uh, about this and that these officers remain on the streets, um, having not faced any accountability for their actions and seriously injuring this innocent young man. Um, it's, it's very unfortunate. Everyone's schedule seems to be accommodated, uh, except for my clients uh, and the trauma that he's undergoing. Not only did this happen to him, uh, but he's facing ongoing injustice by having to wait. Um, and 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 his pleas uh, for for help ignored. So that's why we filed this statement of claim to, at their time and at their schedule, the plaintiffs push this matter forward in civil courts. Uh, unfortunately, that's going to come at a cost uh, to the city of Toronto. David, if this video was on the six o'clock news tonight on Global and all the other networks, what do you think the public reaction would be to the video that you saw? Horrified. I think it would shock the conscience uh, of citizens of Toronto uh, that this can happen to somebody. Um, I, I could I couldn't believe it when I saw it. This this wouldn't happen to me as a as a, a white a white guy in Toronto. Um, that this can happen to one of my fellow citizens is horrifying. But before you even see the video, you've got expectations that it's going to be violent, it's going to be disturbing, it's going to be uncomfortable, and you're getting to know the family members, so there's sort of a congenial factor. You're saying to me and our audience that the that the video was even had even more of an effect on you than you thought it would have, and you knew it would be bad. It, indeed. We, we know what Black community members have been experiencing for many, many years uh, at the hands of state authorities. Um, so... We, we we knew what was on there. Uh, we believed the family um, without having to see the video. And uh, and the video just um, uh, unfortunately emphasized uh, and underlined an ongoing problem in policing that we as a community need to seriously address. So this young man's name is uh, is Ogilvy, is Hassani Ogilvy. What was his ex? What did he say to you when the cops finally realized that they had the wrong person? What did the cops say to him? They apologized uh, and said it was a case of mistaken identity. Uh, they did offer him medical support. But as you can imagine, uh, being in an alleyway with three officers that just assaulted you, he just wanted to get home. James Raymer um, and John Tory, when they make that announcement last June, it, it just I, I don't I can't perceive of a timeline where they don't know about this accusation, where they don't know about the scenario. I'm trying to give people benefit of the doubt. I always try to do that. But I, I can't imagine that in eight months they haven't at least gotten wind of this accusation when they go out in June of 22 and say we've got some systemic systemic racism problems within our police force. Yeah, my, my understanding is that uh, the chief and the police board are aware of OIPRD um, matters going to hearing, uh, and, 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 and that would have been the case at the time. And then even by October of 2022, we had written to the new chief Demke and copied Mayor Tory outlining what has happened here. 
um, and asking that they take action on the apology of Chief Raymer. Uh, and we've thus far been met with silence. David Chelnitz, our guest on Toronto Today. Here's the big problem as well is the 40, there's a $48 million increase in police funding and, and the mayor wants this. Some councils want it and some don't. Even if I, David, am to make the case that there needs to be more patrols in certain neighborhoods, even if I could make the case data-based, and, and I think you can find a survey that, that backs it and you can find a survey that refutes it, even if I make the case they need an increase in funding, incidents like this are really damaging to somebody's argument. And it's, it, it's, it's anecdotal, but it's also evidence-based saying, why would we give the police more funding when not only do officers do this, but the accounting process for getting those officers disciplined or at least giving them a fair hearing is just so, it, it, it's so substandard and subpar that I'm not for this increase in police funding. For real people that want this money to go to the good things that police do, it's a pretty damaging thing. For sure. Why, why are we throwing good money after bad? And, you know, this is an example of a case that, that is just that. Um, we have a, a public service that we uh, spend a lot of money on, yet is not accountable to us. Um, you know, in, in any other biz, business or, or, or profession, as you've mentioned, Greg, if there are problems, especially in government, you address it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and funding is, is, is tied to successes and failures. Um, why the police have a free hand uh, and and why millions and millions and at this point over a billion of our uh, tax dollars go without without even question uh, it, it is really concerning. David, thanks so much for updating us on this case. And uh, I'd like to think it's going to be expedited more quickly than this. I also think it's incumbent upon um, the new police chief. And I think it's incumbent upon the mayor to be in front of a camera or a microphone um, and address whether they've seen this video or not and whether they think this process should be so delayed that it's another another year and a half until there's there's um, there's there's movement on this. I think they should I think they should actually say something about this. I know the family would really appreciate that, Greg. David, thanks so much for the time. Thank you, too. David Shelnut uh, joining us. He is representing the family um, and an accuser of somebody who says he was tasered, handcuffed, thrown to the ground. Again, you might, if you're listening at all and you're like, well, Greg, that's his lawyer. He's going to say the video is really bad. I got you there. But I have spoken to someone else independent of the family, independent of David Shelnut, who's seen the video. Um, It's the same reaction. Worse than they thought it was. They were expecting it to be bad, and they didn't like it one bit. They think it's a it's a dramatic and violent overreach uh, by three Toronto police officers. Again, one male and two females. Two females trailed the man first is the accusation. Then when the male cop showed up, things escalated in a big, big hurry. A case of mistaken identity, but um, violence and tasing and uh, and tackling all involved in the process. And David's right. The way uh, David's skin color is, the way my skin color is, this is nothing I would ever think about worrying about and nothing I have had to worry about. And that's not right. That's not right. 